Welcome to the Project Future Podcast. I'm your host, Shazen Valentine, and this is the fourth section out of five in the Master Nonprofit episode. The episode ended up being almost five hours long, so I'm releasing each section on its own, and this one covers everything to do with media. Welcome to section four. In this section, I'm going to go over all media-related strategy. All right, in this section, which is the fourth section, I'm going to go over all media. So that is social media and traditional media like radio and TV. And basically how this works is that you have to think of yourself as a media company first that happens to specialize in whatever you actually do. So you're a media company that happens to specialize in nonprofit, and then specifically what service do you offer? When you think like this, uh, you get in a much more like creative space and you also think like with more strategy as you go through all of your ideas. So you're you're basically working from the end backwards. So you're reverse engineering it rather than thinking like, okay, we're a nonprofit. Like what kind of YouTube channel can we have? Like who would actually want to watch stuff that we do, right? Um, but instead you think about it like if you were a media company and for this, I highly recommend that you actually get people who are who specialize in media. So you get a videographer and you get uh, like a copywriter and things like that. Like take it seriously because brand is going to overshadow everything else that you do. Like I've said, you want to be the company or the organization that people think of when they think they want to volunteer, they want to donate, things like that. Because right now, look at the people who are killing the game. Like Goodwill Pretty much everyone knows Goodwill. Pretty much everyone knows Habitat for Humanity and all the big names that are nonprofits. Like the NFL is a nonprofit and everyone, at least in America, knows the NFL. So, and that's because that they handle it the same way. Their front end offer um, or their front end, their hook to get you in is media. So they're actually selling like the jerseys and the tickets for the NFL, but to get you in, it's the football game. And that's a show that pretty much everyone wants to watch. Or at least like a good portion of the population wants to watch that. And then it creates demand for the jerseys and the tickets and uh, the NFL packages on cable, stuff like that. Now, as I've said in a lot of times in this episode, um, I do support the hub idea. I think it's probably the best route to go. But until we get there, I want to make sure that your organization and your mission win. You do that with branding. Your organization needs to be the first and loudest one on their mind when they want to donate, volunteer, or need your service. If you want to know more about how to brand the proper way, look up Gary Vee. I know I've mentioned him before, but look up Gary Vee. He is like the mastermind of branding and he'll better put in perspective what I'm talking about, about being a media company. Basically what Gary Vee teaches is that you need to produce more content in context every single day. And I know that most companies and organizations do not even post every day. But you should be posting a significant amount of times every single day. You basically need to flood the like everyone's timeline with in-context content. And it needs to be on multiple platforms because most people don't consume media from just one platform. Like uh, they're on Instagram and YouTube. 
and Facebook and Pinterest and whatever is going to come out next. So you need to be on all those platforms. And the way that you do this is, like I said before, you need people who can already produce that content or utilize your employees and put it from, from their perspective. Because the best way, as Gary Vee says, the best way to create content is actually not to create it. It's to document what you're already doing. And one thing that I think people um, misunderstand about their own field or just don't recognize is that almost no one else is in your field. Almost no one else is in your world, even if they're in your field. So everything you do day to day, month to month is exciting for us. Like that show, um, How It's Made, people within those industries didn't think anyone would wanna know how those things were made. But that got a lot of views and it still continues to on YouTube. Or if you look at any kind of behind the scenes content, like a lot of that does really well. It doesn't have to be this polished, like mega produced kind of piece of content. It doesn't have to be like a commercial for everything you put out. And don't prejudge what's going to work well. Because even experts in any kind of media creation don't know what's going to work well. Also, uh, from this perspective it's like uh, you have to think about like who is it working well for because you're talking to your donors your volunteers the people that you serve everybody so you're gonna need like a very wide uh, message I know that when I first uh, heard Gary Vee talk about um, like produce more content over more platforms the first time I heard it he said um to produce like 60 pieces of content a day. And I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of pieces of content. But he shows you how to break it down. Cause even like a tweet can, is considered a piece of content. But basically what you need to do is put out more content. Let us see behind the scenes. Let us see what we're actually investing in or like our time or our donations or whatever we're investing in. And you want us to think of you more often. So if we see, that like, let's say you have um, like a segment of your YouTube channel is just about like meeting your employees or they get to do like a POV of your office or they get to do something. So like, let's say like the, your accountant is really funny and then every week he gets to do like a five minute uh, segment where he just tells a bunch of jokes. That ironically it might be the reason that someone volunteers there because they want to meet him or they donate there because they're like wow they're actually good people who work there because you showed that you're the person hr actually knit sweaters for babies in the hospital that are premature like those things are going to be the reason that we fully invest in you because people buy from or want to work with and work for people, not companies. Yes, it might look more professional if you only post once a week or once a month or whatever, and it's a commercial, it's very polished, uh, like you did a lot of brainstorming. But if you look at why you follow other people, it's not because of their super polished stuff. Like reality TV shows, yes, they're produced, but we like them because they seem more real than like a sitcom or something. Even though we enjoy sitcoms, I'm not saying to not produce real stuff, like real commercials and stuff like that, but like sometimes the more raw, real stuff is what makes someone more loyal to you. And you don't, you're not necessarily going for a million followers. That's not what like your goal should be. It's engagement. 
And it's people who actually, like, you want that view to turn into something else. You want to convert that into a donation or a volunteer or something else that you actually need. And that is the goal. A really good way to measure, I guess, uh, how to do this is to tell better stories more often. And that's any story that has to do with your business at all. So if it has to do with the people who come in or the people that volunteer or work there or you as the person who's the operator, because I know a lot of nonprofits don't actually have a big enough team to have HR or an accountant. Maybe you outsource that. But for example, if you, let's say you outsource accounting. Show the process. What does it look like when a nonprofit outsources anything and then specifically accounting? Like, like how does that work? Just to explain that, you might get people who um, who follow you just to see how that works because they want to also start a nonprofit. The more you can put yourself on stage, the more you can put yourself as like the host of things, the better for you. And for this, you do not have to be perfect. Like I, like I said before, think of why you follow the people that you follow. Is it because they're perfect? Is it because it's super polished? No, it's because they're real and you can relate to what they do or it's an escape from your stressful day. But like I said, the whole goal is to, for people to care about your mission and to think about you when trying to solve that. And as you start to post more, in the beginning, it might seem like nothing's happening, right? Like no one's commenting, no one's liking it, no one's sharing it, nothing like that. But over time, like this is a long-term strategy. This, it, like for some people, um, that one piece of content is going to be the thing that blows them up. Like that one thing went viral and then their life was never the same. That can be true, but for the most part, you need patience and you need to post often, even if you do not see the results. And do not judge what's going to do well. So just post it. So create it. I think if you create from a point of intention and joy and love, then no matter what you put out, people, the right people will see it the right people will engage. But let's say you've been doing it for a while and now people are starting to listen. People are starting to view your story. People are starting to comment on your YouTube channel. People are starting to engage, right? This is where you need to engage with them. You cannot be the... Like if you were an influencer or something like that, it, you might get away with... Um, like not engaging with your audience because you do want to put yourself kind of on a pedestal. But as an organization, especially in the nonprofit sector, you need to engage with them. They need to feel like you guys are friends, like you're a part of the uh, their family, like they're a part of your community, all of that stuff. Like you want to pull them in as much as possible. And the way that you do that is you give them calls to action. So you say like, I don't know, like if let's say you're on TikTok, which do not discount TikTok. I understand that... It is a platform that's generally for younger people, but that's not always the case. Like there was a man who just went viral and he is, I think he's in his 40s. And I, I'm sure everyone has seen the video where he's playing, I think it's Fleetwood Mac and um, he's on a skateboard. He has some cranberry juice and he's just rolling down the highway and he's just vibing out. He's just having a good time. He is not the the normal um age for content creators or for consumers on TikTok. But that changed his life. That one video that he posted, even though he had other videos, that one was the one that changed his life. And 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 he also follows Gary Vee. So there you go. <laughs> 
But <laughs> my point is, is that uh, when people come into our world, um, we have to engage with them. So like, for, like I was saying, for example, on TikTok, uh, like put a call to action in your title, in your audio and in your captions. So it could be as simple as like, follow me, share this with someone you know that deals with this or share this joke with someone or tag your bestie or shoot your shot with your crush uh, in here. I understand that you don't do things with love, um, like relationships and stuff like that, but maybe uh, you posted a cute video of a cat that you saw on your way to work and then you said, oh, tag your crush, see if they like cats. Something like that. Like, it doesn't have to be so much pressure. It doesn't have to be so perfected when you do this. Like, it can be fun. It can be uh, a good time because you want to have a good time when you post it. Like, when I think of this part, I always think back to Liza Koshy. Um, When she did an interview and someone asked her, like, how did you know what to post? And she said, if I laughed when I watched it, I posted it. And that, it's as simple as that. Just have fun. Do it with intention. Do it with love. And the right people will come into your community, into your world. And that's who you really want. Do you, do you really want people who don't really care about your mission to be in it? Yes, a donation is a donation. But do you want a volu- you do you want your volunteers to actually care about your mission? I would hope you do. Plus, it's better. Like, if, imagine if you showed your personality. So, like, let's say you're the operator or uh, someone high up. You showed your personality on uh, your platforms or like your accounts on these platforms and in your emails and on your website and things like that. Um, And then people wanted to work with you just because of that. And they vibe with you. Maybe you guys geek out over the same thing. Like, you guys have this weird hobby. It's exactly the same. And you both love your mission. That is a much stronger organization than someone who happened to just turn in their resume and you were the one out of 30 companies that accepted their resume. That's, that, even though that can work... You have to focus as well on, like, your whole world. Like, you don't want your company to just survive. You want it to thrive. You know what I mean? And another reason that you want to engage with your fans or audience or whatever you're going to call it is because they will ride hard for you. So if, like, let's say you post, uh, oh, donate a coat or donate some money or whatever, if they can't do that, they're going to share it to everyone they know. They're going to be really annoying with it, but it's going to cause like five more people to donate that wouldn't have if they hadn't shared it to their audience. Having a fan base is very, very important and very beneficial to both them because you're giving them entertainment or advice or whatever you're doing and to you because it'll make sure that you thrive more. Because I know that a lot at least the nonprofits I work for, a lot of them thought that it would be like a big sale or a big contract would be the thing that makes them uh, stay afloat. And that might be true, but to get you in between the big contracts um, or the big donations, you need little ones, you know? And if you have a big enough base, you might not even need those big contracts with uh, companies or however you get them uh, that don't even care. You might be at a point where you can just rely except for like I said before you should work with companies that send you stuff right but what if like you let's say you put out a video right or uh an audio like you start a podcast which I highly recommend that everyone starts podcast but 
let's say you put out a piece of content and you put it on LinkedIn and um, it's it's funny. Like, I don't know, you live in, um, like I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So if someone did like a joke about Leon's or a joke about um, the Bucks or something like that, and someone else from, like, let's say a CEO of a company in Milwaukee that I had never heard of, or I didn't know that we were connected on LinkedIn, saw it and were like, wow, I would love to work with this company. I would love to work with this person. And then they call me and they're like, I see that you accept donations from companies more than money. And you know what? We have a ton of blankets. I would love to donate some to you. You have no idea where these things are going to come from. And at a certain point, you could be working with only people who you love. Imagine every time you open an email, it's from someone you love, someone you vibe with, someone that you would love to hear from. Could you imagine that every day you open an email from those people and then you go on all your platforms or all your um, your accounts and you just get a ton of DMs and comments and all that from people that you love to talk to? It is not painful to talk to them. It's not a chore to engage with them. The way you do that is to show more of yourself. Be vulnerable first. Show us who you are first. And then give us permission to be ourselves. All right, now going back to the media company concept, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to figure out what part of communication you're best at. So are you a good writer for the written word? Are you better at audio, having a podcast, doing any kind of video, or something visual? So like graphics or um, like pictures, like are you a photographer, things like that. And as Gary Vee recommends, you should be producing all of them on every platform but uh, you need to put everything in context. So like for instance, even though Instagram and TikTok are both video short form platforms, um, long form text, so like the caption on Instagram is gonna do a lot better than if you did a long, uh, a lot of text on TikTok because one, there's not enough room for that. There's a very low uh, like word count on TikTok and people, at least right now as TikTok is, that they like to consume like shorter forms of words or copy. (laughs) But if you love writing, so like uh, blogging or long captions or things like that, like you can put your writing to use on Instagram, on Facebook it does well, uh, LinkedIn it does really well. So just look at like, for this, you're going to have to do some research on your own. Um, or like I said, watch Gary Vee. Uh, but even watching Gary Vee, he's still going to tell you like to research it on your own, what's going to do well. But the best way to figure it out is to produce a lot of content. That's why you do that because it's going to give you insights that only producing or putting out like one piece of content a day is just not going to give you. So if you do like one tweet a day, like you don't know what your people want because you can't really measure like what they'll engage with and what they what they won't and then what was the reason they didn't engage with that and why did this go viral and this not? Like you're going to have to just produce a lot of content because it's going to give you a lot of data. And that's what you're actually going to need as you move forward. Because as you do this, like in the beginning, it's going to feel like you're kind of stumbling. It's going to feel like you're out of place, like you're fish out of water. But the more that you do this, the more, uh, like the easier to come to you, the more in flow that you'll be as you produce this stuff. And, um, you also like, as you go along and you're making more money, uh, or you can allocate more money to your media, which you should be like, this is, this is a necessary part of business, any business profit or nonprofit it's necessary. You need media. Like if you look at, um, 
if you look at the difference between like even fundraisers, like your own fundraisers, the difference between a lot of them is how how like wide of a net did it cast into the community? How many people knew about it? Right? So I've said this before in this episode, the more people that know about you, the better you're going to do. So you need to focus on media and you need to be producing a lot of content. But as you go forward, as you produce more, you're going to also be able to put this into more context. So that's context on the platform. So like I said, like you need to understand how the algorithm works on each platform. But also like you're also going to see like demographics change based on the platform and through your account. Right. So um, like older people tend to be on Facebook. Younger people tend to be on TikTok. In the middle is Instagram. Um, I'm not sure about Pinterest, but I like Pinterest. (laughs) Um, But you're going to be able to see those things. You're going to be able to see like what does well. You're like, oh, well, um, like, let's say this piece of content does really well on this platform, but it bombed on this one. So I'm going to push a little more uh, for, I don't know, like comics or uh, just plain photography on this platform and I'm gonna push like longer written word on this one and then you're also that's also gonna um, inform you for what to put on your website because like I think I've said this um, in another section but the more you can push people to your own platform your own website your own email list things that you own because you do not own your Instagram account Instagram owns that You don't own your Facebook account, your LinkedIn account, nothing like that. Those, like you have an account on that platform, but you need to bring people to your platform as much as possible. But uh, the more you can do that, the more control that you'll have and the less money it'll cost to convert them into sales or donations or whatever you need. And the more engaged that they'll be with your company, your mission, you, whatever it is, because they're taking the time to go to your actual platform. And as you know, as someone who consumes media a lot, I'm guessing, (laughs) um, it's a lot easier to interact with a company or brand on like Instagram and Facebook, social media, because you can just go to their account and then you can look at other people's accounts. You usually don't focus on like one account, but like the people or the brands that you really, really, really love, you're going to go on their website. You're going to go on, um, you're going to sign up for their email list. But as you produce content, the point is for people to recognize you as a brand, to remember your name, to remember your mission, things that you do. Because a lot of, uh, what a lot of nonprofits uh, struggle with is that most people, even if they have heard of them, they have no idea what they do. And that's a problem because you need them to know what you do. So they're much more likely to uh, donate or volunteer with you or share something or talk about you. The word of mouth is very important. And um, you also have to get away from this like uh, how do I put this? Like anytime you put out content, it's to get a sale, it's to get a donation, it's to promote something that will bring money into your company. You have to get away from that because that will like erode your brand like very quickly. Like for example, like think of someone that like that you watch that let's say it was like an OG YouTuber that they made stuff, they made content and then it was like Uh, It was funny or maybe they did like makeup tutorials and um, they went from that to starting a brand and every single video that they had was basically a commercial for their brand. 
And then maybe you stop watching them over time because you were tired of being sold to. That is how it erodes your brand. People trust you less and they want to consume your content less. They don't think about you as much. Uh, They unsubscribe um, or they actively talk bad about you because you've sold out or something like that. And that's just not a position that you want to be in or that you want to put your organization in. So, like, I even, okay, so nonprofits and for-profits uh, have this, like, fear that everything that they put out needs to result in a sale. And, like I just said, <laughs> that's going to erode your brand, and brand is much more important than a short-term sale. And your brand will actually be the thing that not only keeps you afloat, it'll be the reason that you're top in your field, It'll be the reason that someone donates a huge thing to you, like a huge sum of money or a lot of something to you or a significant amount of people volunteer with you. That is going to be, it's basically the currency you exchange. Like your brand, if you're for-profit or non-profit, it's going to be the currency you exchange for doing well in the marketplace. So when I bring up stuff like uh, you need to use traditional and uh, like newer digital platforms or forms of media, a lot of people, they get like really tense at this point because they're like, no, I can't do radio because social media is free and that's where it's at. And it's like, if it makes sense. So like, um, it has to make sense. Like if the radio is going to be like, a crazy amount of money for like a 30 second commercial maybe don't do that at least not yet until you can afford it i don't know but if it seems reasonable as a price for media because you do need a media budget like that just is good business to have a budget for media um but you should be doing radio commercials you should be doing um like regular tv commercials uh only if it has like people watch it Now, it might not always result in a sale, but people need to be watching those things. And if you find that no one is watching it, no one's consuming it, stop it. But you need to start trying things that get you a little out of your bubble. Um, Like billboards, um, anything, anytime we're going to interact with a brand or a business uh, throughout our day is where you want to be. You want to be in our face all day, every day. And the better of an experience you can make that, the better your brand will do, the better your organization and your mission will do. So uh, I think it was like, uh, we need to see a brand like 16 times before we buy. And um, that used to be, I think uh, in the like the 90s, it used to be like eight times. And before, like, before that, it was like four times, three times, something like that. So we have to see your brand a significant amount of times before we even consider buying from it. Before we even consider, that also works for donations. Like before we ever donate to a company, we have to see it a lot. Because for some reason, donations, there's a bigger barrier there because we're not getting something in return. But that includes like money donations or like clothes or whatever. Whatever you need donated. Time, anything. Um... You want us to think of you. So you basically need to be wherever we are. So that means that you need to be buying media on uh, traditional things, like I said, like billboards, radio, maybe like local TV or with like your chamber of commerce, um, things like that. But as well as you need to have kind of like an affiliate system. And I know I mentioned this in the um, section, the second section to do with money. Um, 
the reason that you need this is because you want to borrow their audience. You basically want to uh, promote yourself on their audience and you're going to basically borrow their credibility because if someone's in their audience, they already know, like, and trust them. And that's what you need for people to buy from you, to engage with you, to follow you, things like that. So, um, you want to have as many affiliates and as many collaborations, as many sponsorships as possible so that you are on people's tongue. Like that is what you need. You need word of mouth and you need to be in our face all the time at least where it makes sense but this is where you want to be creative like for example um there is a milwaukee uh beer company that it's the only beer you're allowed to serve at summerfest and summerfest is the biggest music festival in at least all of america um I think it was like, I think it's like third in the world or something like that, but it's the biggest music festival. Um, let's just say third in the world, right? So it's one of the top three in the world and they're the only brand you can sell at that festival. So every single vendor that comes in, they have to buy their beer. So who do you think is on everyone's mind all day as they walk through the festival? Like if they want a beard, they have to get this company. So they have to know this company. And when they taste it, ideally this company, uh, I don't drink beer, so I don't know how it tastes, but, um, ideally it tastes well enough that they can actually make a sale. So this, so like if this is where you first taste it, maybe when you go home, uh, and you want to buy a case of beer, you buy that beer because it's just, it's recently on your mind. Like we, we don't make buying decisions from logic. We make decisions off of emotion and then we justify it with logic. But if you're on our mind, we're much more likely to buy your product or to use your service or to volunteer with you. Because if we get in a moment of like, I just need to give back to the world or if they have to, like, they get sentenced by the court to do some volunteer time or their school requires them to do volunteer time, they're going to think of you and they're going to want to work with you. And that is what you need. So you need to be on their mind as much as possible and you need to let them in your world as much as possible and listen to them. So if they tell you stuff like, oh, actually, we really like this part or you haven't shown us this part of your business. Can we see that? And if you're comfortable showing it, then show it. But like I mentioned before, a good way to uh, produce more content is to document and not create. So if you think about it like, like this, like you want to give your audience or your community a glimpse into your world. And if you think about it like your organization, your company is a TV network and then each of the, you can even do like each platform is a new TV show. Or, like, each segment that you come up with is a new TV show. So, like I said, if you do it from the perspective of, like, like think of all different types of TV shows. So, uh, reality TV, you can even do, like, documentary-style stuff. So, for this, you can do, um, like, because I personally think it's wrong to show the people that you serve because they're not really in a position to say no, um, If even if you ask them. But if someone really wants to be in it, cool. But the way that I would uh, approach this is I talk to the people who serve those people. So the people who are like on the ground in the trenches actually doing the work, uh, they tell stories that does not have identifying information and they just tell stories about the people that they've served and what that means to those people. Because a lot of the people who uh, would donate but don't, 
they just don't know how much it'll impact someone's life. They Since they don't have to deal with, like, poverty or homelessness or whatever the situation is, like, since they don't have to deal with that, um, they don't know how it affects someone's life. So you basically need to show them that, one, your company is doing its job, and two, that their donation of a coat is going to be like it's significant it's not nothing because a lot of people they're like oh well it's just one code it's not going to mean anything but it might mean everything to that one person or it might be in a package of things that you give them and having a coat is always a, a good thing to have so you just show from the perspective of like people who have been in the field so for example like you can even do um like, you can interview nurses that have had interactions with them, um, lawyers. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be the people that volunteer that are handing someone, uh, like, a care package or or the people who are, like, working as a cashier in an animal shelter or the ones that are, uh, like, building the houses for Habitat for, for Humanity. Like, talk to the people who... Uh, aren't necessarily like talk to everyone obviously but like talk to the people who would actually see the transformation like counselors lawyers nurses doctors uh like teachers like anyone who would see the longest term of transformation and those are going to be very powerful stories obviously like uh like i said before you need to tell better stories more often and this is a very powerful way to do that showing transformation is a very powerful uh like form of communication and it is very powerful to show the effects of what you guys do on a long enough timeline and like I said you can also do shows of like like I said if someone's funny they can even do like a, a joke contest every week uh and then the top like five funny people in your company get to tell jokes in front of a camera or if they're not co uh, comfortable with that I don't know maybe a podcast you throw out a five minute podcast episode every week just called jokes of the week um it doesn't even matter what you do like uh what your nonprofit is in that will get views and that could be the reason that someone has a contract with you or donates to you, or volunteers with you, or buys from you. If you listen to uh, the second section, which is about money, I said that every nonprofit should have a sister for-profit company. So it could be the reason that they go to that company versus like any company who offers the same stuff because they know that every week they look forward to the five-minute jokes. Or you can do that a day, jokes a day. Or even, um, I don't know, like think of popular shows that you've watched. Like I used to watch MTV Cribs. You can do something like a MTV Cribs style uh, tour of your facilities. I know that um, my sister, when she was looking at colleges, she saw that the college, one of the colleges she applied to did like an MTV style Cribs tour and she knew she wanted to be there. Even though, obviously, they had really good, um, like, metrics or whatever, but when you're looking between stuff, she was like, oh, they have a good sense of humor. Like, that just, it just feels good, especially when she was at a school that didn't have anything like that. They, she felt like just a number there. Um, so, she, that was one of the indicators that she knew that, like, she wasn't going to just be a number at that college. And that could be the deciding factor. Basically, just have fun with this again um, or ha be intentional. So, like, if you do a documentary style uh, TV show, um, definitely do that with intention. Like, that is going to be very important. So, you want to make sure you handle it with care. Now, another very powerful thing that you can do is to be the host. 
if you can host something, you are always kind of on a pillar. Like, you're going to be on a pedestal because you're the host. Like, if you look at, like, if you go to a dinner party, everyone's looking to the host at all times. Like, pretty much, even if they know everyone there, they're always looking at the host. If you go even visit a friend's house or, like, visit some friends at a one friend's house, that person is always kind of the leader. And that's what you want to be. You want to be the leader in your field and in, in your community. And you can do this in a lot of different ways. But I think that you should be the, the host digitally and in person. So digitally, this looks like you have a podcast. And um, it could be something as simple as uh, you interview all nonprofit leaders in your city. And you never really talk about your own nonprofit, but at some point it's going to come up and this is how you establish a connection with them. Or you also do like mom and pop shops. So you can have multiple podcasts, but let's like pick one um, to start off with at least. You can even do like um, leaders in your city, right? So you can do a podcast where like one day you have the mayor on or you have like an alderman on or you have someone who like isn't invited to podcasts a lot. And you also have, like, let's say, um, like, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, we have, like, a few attractions, uh, but, like, the domes is a huge thing here, and I have, I actually don't know who um, runs or operates the domes, but if I were to contact them and ask if I can have, like, the uh, the person who handles marketing and the person who does, like, uh, who, like, operates the place, or whoever I consider a leader, Hey, can you go on my podcast? It's just going to be 40 minutes. It's not going to take that long, but I would love to have you on because you're a leader in Milwaukee. Do you know how likely they would be to say yes? Super likely. Or you go to like all the uh, the owners of local non-franchised businesses and you say, hey, you're a leader in Milwaukee because you're a pillar here. And without you, Milwaukee wouldn't be the same. So can I have half an hour of your time to be on my podcast? They're going to say Yes hell yes like they're gonna for sure say yes unless they really really there's there's an outlying factor of why they would say no but more than likely if you ask 100 people most of them will say yes and then you have a lot of guests and now you're very well known in the community because this is gonna do a lot of things one you're gonna have a relationship with that person so if anyone ever uh like let's say you have like a good amount of politicians or a good amount of like lawyers or judges in your city stuff like that if your nonprofit is ever in trouble, then guess who's going to be at your side? The person you invited to your podcast. Just send them a quick email like, hey, for some reason, my nonprofit status is in jeopardy. I'm not sure how to handle this. Can you just quick look this, look over this contract for me? They're going to say yes. Or they're going to be like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this for you, right? Like people love other people and they're going to get to know you on your podcast because you're going to be interviewing them. People love to talk about themselves. So, and then the same with, like, if, uh, like, let's say you were also to bring in, like, principals, right? Then now, when you ask for volunteers or internships or whatever, they're going to very much promote it to their kids. Or even, like, uh, like if you go to universities or community colleges, they're going to be like, you know what? We're going to start a whole program that people can volunteer, and you're going to be the first one on the list. So you're going to get a lot of volunteers just through our school. And if you were to, let's say, uh, um, as Gary Vee says, the top three pillars of any society or any community, 
um, is sports, food, and music. So if you can get local people in those industries on your side, you basically have the whole community. And the whole community is going to support you. They're going to know about you. And if you were to invite those people, so like, for, for instance, um, if I were to invite Pillars of the Community on a podcast in Milwaukee, I would definitely invite every Bucks player that I could. Like, for sure, <laughs> that would be it. And and whoever um, operates or owns the Buck Stadium, I would for sure try to get them to be on my podcast as much as possible. Um, and because they also want to support their own community. But they like a Bucks player is most likely going to be interviewed more often than most other people. But they're going to want to support their community. So if they know that you had 50 other people that are pillars in the community, they're going to be like, okay, cool. You're not just using me for clout, even though you could. And all these people, so um, all of these like, uh, so, so for instance, like if you were to have a principal on your podcast, what do you think the principal is going to do? They're going to want to show it off. They're going to show all their friends. They're going to probably, I would recommend that they send an email to every single parent and a letter home to every single parent uh, saying, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast at Thursday at this time. Uh, make sure to listen because I'm going to be shouting out the school or I'm going to be talking about how parents can help schools better or whatever the situation is. They're going to want to tell everyone. They're going to find a reason to tell everyone because this is most likely going to be the only podcast they're ever going to be invited to in their whole life. And, and even if they, after that point, get a bunch of people uh, to invite them on their podcast, you're going to be the first. It is so powerful to be the first to discover someone. It is so amazing. And then as you interview all these people, at a certain point, they're going to turn around and say, hey, what do you do? Like, is this what you do for a living? Is the podcast it? And then you're going to say, oh, no, actually, I run a nonprofit and it's called this and my mission is this. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, how can I help? I would love to help. Is there anything I can do? Can I shout it out to my people or whatever the situation is? And you're going to just then you get to establish a real relationship and they're definitely going to share you with their audience. You are going to become a pillar in the community just by interviewing other pillars. Now, you can also do the same thing like out of audio, like, you know, videos. I would recommend that if you're comfortable with video, you record the video session and strip the audio or record it separately and put that on a podcast. And if you use anchor.fm, the app, it'll put it everywhere for free. That's what I use. So to be on Spotify, Apple, um, iTunes, all, all of that stuff, like anywhere you can listen to a podcast, it'll be on there. But if you were to do this in person, how you would become the host like in person and not digitally would be, again, to look at the community and see where are people. And if you go with the three pillars of sports, food, and music, then go where the food, the music, and the sports are. And a lot of times they're actually all in the same place. But go to, like, the local um, like the local high school's football game and then just, like, film it. And, um, and give them the whole experience of, like, uh, being interviewed and stuff like that because they have yet to become in, like, the public eye, really. So give them their first interview. They're always going to remember that. Those kids are always going to remember, even if they go to the NFL or the NBA, they're always going to remember that you were their first uh, person that interviewed them. And if you put this to the community, now you have a whole nother show of just local TV. And people are going to come to you to see what's happening locally. And I think I said this in another section, but... um, 
Another thing you can do is create like uh, clubs, so like a book club, or even you can uh, do like an association, like kind of like a union situation of um, like, for example, if you were to create, like, like I said, I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, if you were to create a non, a Milwaukee nonprofit association, and then you were the host of that, you would instantly be the leader of all nonprofits in Milwaukee assuming that people actually join you. But uh, if you can create um, like a way for people to look up to you, you're going to be a leader. So if in that nonprofit, you were to give them advice. So like, let's say you've been around for a little longer than most nonprofits and um, you know the tricks of the trade. And um, and as they see you gaining popularity, they're going to wonder how you're doing that. Like, how are you not suffering in the middle of a pandemic? How are you not suffering in... Um, in bad times or like down times or whatever like they're gonna look to you even if they have been around just as long as you they're gonna be like why are you not suffering why are you not just barely surviving or how are you thriving like if you become someone who is a mentor to the people in your field they will respect you and this is also a perfect way to start the hub <laughs> it's all gonna come back full circle to the hub <laughs> But you can also do this like outside of your field. So like, let's say you were like everyone who's ever been on the podcast um, that are in very different fields, bring them together. Just do like a club of like people who have been on there. Like if you do a club of pillars in Milwaukee or leaders in Milwaukee and people join that, like they self-identify it as a leader and things like that. That's also for you to um, like recruit from for episodes. And then everyone in there is going to be like, you know what? I know this person uh, who's a leader in their community. I would love for them to be on, in the group. And I know you're backed up for uh, like episodes because you can only do so many a week or a day or whatever. But I would love for them to be in the community. Great. Invite them in. And then you become the host of that. You're the admin of the group on Facebook. And uh, you decide when people meet. And you you decide all that stuff. Like you get to be the leader of all the leaders in Milwaukee. Like that is a very powerful place to be. Now, another example is you can do uh, frequently asked questions and uh, like a Q&A situation. Um, frequently asked questions would be very beneficial for you because this kind of establishes like what people should be asking. Even if no one's ever asked you this, just think of things that people should be asking you, but they're not. Put this in your frequently asked questions as well as questions that you were surprised by that people ask, um, that you didn't know that that was being miscommunicated or whatever, um, and put that in there as well. And then just keep adding to this as you get like more notoriety and you get more people to engage with you. They're gonna ask you questions over and over and over and over and over, no matter how many times you ask it or um, how many times you answer it. And um, you just want to put these in the frequently asked questions. You can do this like every week. You could be like frequently asked questions this week. And then it kind of sets the tone of what people should ask you or what they should stop asking you. Um, and that, again, put you in a position of like control and leadership. And then if you do Q&As, then that also puts you in a position of you're the expert or you know what you're talking about. Now, this doesn't have to be a scary thing. I know a lot of people don't want to be seen as an expert because they um, have imposter syndrome and they think they're not doing that well or they, they think that like there's another expert out there that can do better than them or whatever. But just remember that you're the expert of your own company, of your own organization, of your mission. 
You're the only one in the entire world, the entire human history, that can do what you do the way that you do it. All you want to do in this situation is be helpful. That's all you want. (laughs) Even though you are going to be put as a leader, people are going to put you on a pedestal, and there are going to be some things you're going to have to deal with with that, but there's also a lot of a lot of benefit in that. You get to be the leader of a movement, and that's what you kind of want to do if you have a nonprofit to begin with. You already recognize that you can at least do it well. So why not show other people how you do it or give them advice on how they should do it better or um, how to not do it in a harmful way? In the beginning, before you start getting people to ask you questions, um, you can look at like any emails you've ever gotten or your friends asking you like, why would you start this? Uh, what are you going to do about this problem? Stuff like that. You can start with questions you get in real life um, through your organization or you can start with questions that you would love to answer. Like if you know that uh, you do really well with advice on, I don't know, how to uh, start a fundraiser or how to run a fundraiser, or how to get um, the proper people to volunteer for you. Like whatever, like, whatever you know you do really well, like, if you aren't out here being humble, you're just like, you know what, I do this thing really well. I've not seen anyone else do it better than me. That's what you start with. You answer questions as if someone had asked you that. You could put this in an, a frequently asked question, but I would suggest also doing it in a Q&A style thing. So you can even do... Like I've mentioned Gary V a few times, uh, he used to do like a daily, uh, daily V, um, where he just answered like, I think it was like five questions, but they were like deep questions because people started asking questions at a certain point. And you can even answer questions about like nonprofits in general. Like you don't have to start with like technically your expertise. It could be just, um, like questions that someone who's not in the nonprofit space would ask someone in the nonprofit world. Like questions you've been asked or your friends have been asked who are also in the nonprofit space. But as you get more engagement, you're going to like I highly recommend that you have like a document. I use Google Docs, but um you have a document that you log all of the questions that you get. All of them. Every single one. And um If you want, you can do some quick notes of like, oh, I would answer it this way or I would make sure to remember or to remind them about this like point. But uh, make sure you log all those things. And eventually later, like when you are getting more money in your budget, uh, hire someone to do all this for you, to log all these things for you. But do not outsource this part. You need to be the one answering the questions. And even if it's like, let's say you're so busy, especially later as you get more and more busy, um, let's say the only time you have is a five minute drive between meetings, then answer a question for every time you're in the car. Like you can do a quick like selfie video or you can have someone film you or whatever, but you utilize that time to talk to your audience, to engage with them and to create some content. Oh, and another thing I wanted to address real quick, because I know that uh, when I tell people some of this stuff, they tend to think, well, if I give the public um, kind of like the the blueprint of how I do what I do, then other nonprofits might take it or someone else might do what I do better than me or whatever. One, competition is very healthy. But two, I promise you, That most people, even listening to what I just said, this entire episode, I'm literally giving you the blueprint of how to make sure that you're the number one nonprofit in your sector. Most people will not do what I just suggested. 
you will be the only one. Even if a hundred other people in Milwaukee listen to this podcast and I said to start an, a podcast about the leaders in Milwaukee, I guarantee you that that will not be the case. There is currently not a podcast like that, and I promise you that will not be the case, and I will likely have to be the person who starts that, and you should be the one who starts that in your city, and if you if you happen to be the one who starts in Milwaukee, like, hit me up, like, we should work together, but, <laughs> um, but most people will not listen to it. You can give your entire blueprint away step by step, and your competition will not do it. They're afraid. And they're lazy. Like, honestly, a lot of them are afraid and lazy. That is the main thing. But fear is the most, like, deterrent factor in whether or not they're going to use non-traditional strategy or if they're going to use strategy that they haven't heard of yet. So you hear this and you get inspired, but they're going to hear this and they're going to be like, oh, that's not going to work. That's I'm too afraid. Like, no, I'm not an expert. And their imposter syndrome and their fear of uh, losing control will get in the way. So you listening to this and you actually implementing any of this, you're already ahead of the game. You're already going to be at a point where your competition can't touch you. And that's a beautiful place to be, especially if you're the first one to start this stuff. Like even just doing the podcast of interviewing like uh, people in your own community, so like in the nonprofit sector or leaders in your city or um, if you're not bound by like like location, which you most likely are, um, leaders in, I don't know, your country <laughs> or um, leaders in, I don't know, a field, like, I don't know, like pick one, um, you're going to be untouchable. They're going to see you as someone untouchable because if they even say something bad about you on Twitter, suddenly they have 50 people in their mentions saying how much of a saint you are. Like, that is the power of associating yourself with powerful people and of having an audience that will ride or die for you. Like, that is a very, very powerful place to be. And that's where you want to be. And that is why you can implement these and show your entire blueprint. You can show the entire back end of your business, every single thing, your for-profit, your non-profit, whatever you want to do, and they won't even touch it. And even if they start to, you're already worlds ahead. You are their blueprint. There's no way they can get ahead of you if they can't make their next step until you revealed your last step. Now, if you are someone who's going to take action on this stuff, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do a whole brainstorming session and you're going to do everything I've said so far. You're going to map out like your next few steps and then you're just going to do it. You're not going to let self-sabotage get in the way. You're not going to let fear get in the way. You're just going to uh, document or create stuff and then you're going to post it every day, all day. Anything that comes to mind, you're going to post it because none of it will be the reason that you suddenly go into business, but any one of them could be the reason that you go viral and then you become the top in your community. That's what you're going to do. Okay. Okay. Just real quick. I was going to be done with this, uh, this segment, but I thought of a few other things that you can do to kind of make yourself um, the host digitally or in person. And uh, you can also do, instead of like leaders of your city, you can also do um, like uh, positive stories around your city. Um, if you look at like 
I know I follow a bunch of stuff on like Facebook and Instagram where they do like good news to kind of counteract what's happening in the news, like the terrifying stuff or like the the violent or bad stuff that's happening. They basically showcase um, the good stuff that's happening. And it could be little, it could be big, um, whatever. <laughs> basically, then you become a source for good news. And then there's also, uh, I follow this Facebook page. I don't know if they have anything else, but uh, it's called 60 Seconds Docs. Um, so like a 60 second um, documentary and those are amazing <laughs> so it doesn't have to be like an hour long documentary or an hour long interview or whatever it can be quick stuff it can be five minutes or, or whatever the situation is you can also uh, as far as I understand what like the Chamber of Commerce is is like they basically showcase um, local businesses and you can kind of do the same thing so like if if you gain a network of people who are starting to uh, like struggling to start a business or like they're um, starting to. So like for example, um, like if there are a bunch of friends who do like handiwork or construction or anything like that, something where it's just like a group of friends doing it, um, you can showcase that. Uh, also, because if you're in the nonprofit space, obviously like um, the more you line it to your stuff, the better, but you just need eyes on your platform, something that you control. Um, but if you were to do nonprofits, you can do the same thing. So you can be the one to showcase all the small nonprofits in your city or your state or your region or your country or whatever. And you basically give them a platform. You amplify their message and then you become the person everyone looks to to see what to pay attention to in the nonprofit space. That, like I said, is a very powerful place to be. And it doesn't even have to be like documentary. So if you work with animals, like if you have uh, an animal shelter, uh, obviously showcase like each animal. Um, one thing that I saw that worked really well was a photographer came and then um, took professional pictures of each uh, dog, I think it was, that was in the shelter. And every single one got adopted like very quickly. Even the ones that had been there for a very long time, they all got adopted very quickly. Basically, you, you like humanize them, or not humanize, but like you show them in a more um, nurturing or soft light. Um, because that's what people want to see. Um, but you can also do, like, let's say uh, you do that as a separate thing. But then another thing you could do is, is just showcase other <laughs> animal shelters. Or you can showcase, like, um, basically, like, I think I went over this, like, the worry tree. Um, so, for example, if you do have... Uh, if you do have an animal shelter, one worry after people adopt a pet is, well, where do I go for a vet? I have, I've never had a pet before or not this kind um, or haven't had one in so long. Like, what's a good vet to go to? I don't know. And you've probably been asked this question a lot. Also, like, uh, what about grooming them? Like, they're going to need uh, stuff that I can't give them. I don't know how to cut their nails. I'm just too scared. I don't want to hurt them. Um, what you can do is you gain a network of vets that you trust and um, groomers that you trust and like doggy daycares that you trust and you become like the one-stop shop for adopted animals, right? You can do that and then you can also do the same thing that you do with your business where you show the back end of it, uh, show at least the front end of their company. So like, for example, um, how you would do this is you would go to each and every one of the places that you'd recommend and then you give a tour. And then you talk to people who have used their services or you talk to people um, like the owner or the operator or whatever. And then um, they basically give their pitch if they want to. And you 
like put them on of how to do like the media part of it and then you just share their stuff on your platform and you do for them what you're already doing for your own company and that that would be very powerful like imagine if you did that imagine if you were an animal shelter that went to a groomer and was like i've heard very good things about you and you put them through whatever process you need to in order to uh, showcase them on your website or in any brochures or whatever and they become a part of your community and then you show them how to get more people to come in and you send people their way so like you refer people to them um do you think they'll ever work with another animal shelter like over yours probably not even if they end up having a network of animal shelters yours will always be top tier they're always going to take your customers first or the people that you refer to them first like even if your competition ends up doing that like that is a again a very powerful place to be someone's first and if you help them the most if you put them on game they will love you or for example i know i'm going on another rant at the end of this episode uh i wanted to finish it strong but here we go um anyway uh if you work with like vocational assistants if you were to um become like the hub for good jobs because i know a lot of people who have had to use this uh service and a lot of times it they just lead to temp jobs or jobs that like we could have found on our own or uh jobs that we just don't want that nobody wants um but if you become the the central hub for careers for internships and you can also offer the other things if that's necessary for your business model or your nonprofit structure whatever um but if you also offer um access to like real jobs so in this if you were doing the podcast about uh like leaders uh in your city then you eventually will most likely come to know every ceo in your city like that is the goal um or even every like uh operator of even like government jobs or whatever um you will become the person that everyone wants to know or everyone does know so if your place uh your nonprofit is helping people with like uh, vocational assistance or job assistance then um basically basically what you can do is you can do a lot of things with this but um if you set up a system where like people can go to those places like more office jobs or more career stuff more um things that they literally cannot do on their own and no other job uh or vocational assistance place can do then you will be the top in your city for sure and even in the whole nonprofit space or even in like the vocational space like then universities want to work with you and like you have to become the leader in your niche or in your field or in your world you have to become the leader because this is honestly like i don't want to scare anybody but <laughs> um if you're not top a lot of times you're dead you are struggling and you are one um quarter one paycheck one whatever away from having to close your doors and i want to make sure that you are not in that position and if that's also helping you serve them better and 
as well as the companies. Like the companies are looking for good workers and you have people who want to work. So if you can connect them, then you will, oh my God, the amount of influence you'll have and the amount of uh, people who would thank you, like that would, an insane amount of people would. And all of the other things you're trying to do. So like if you're trying to get more grants from the government or from other nonprofits, uh, you'll be the first one that they think of because you're doing the most work in the community, the most work that even the public can see. And that is definitely where you want to be. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check out the Project Future social media. So Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Just search Project Future with two T's. Please share this episode if you got any value from it. And check out my other two podcasts, which are Psych Chica. So Psychology Chica. That's where I share personal stories. You can get to know me a little bit better. And the other one is Manifest and Chill. Manifest and Chill. And that's where we get a little spiritual. Again, thank you for listening.